looking at it. Don't no. forget to title the stream. I literally can't title the stream. <laughs> We're live, though. Now. We are live. My hair looks different on that screen. It's all right. Okay, they know. They know what stream this is. It's on our schedule. It's it our scheduled. NAIA Women's Flag Football Preview 2022. We're talking about KCAC teams, Kansas uh, Collegiate Athletic Conference. We're going to give it a little bit of time, have everyone kind of get up in here real quick. Uh, but Cody, do you kind of want to introduce yourself and whatnot as we wait on everyone getting up in here? Uh, we'll get this thing started around 6, probably after 6 to be completely honest with you. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, so... I'm Cody Stoffer. I'm a co-host here at Playmakers Corner. You know, we are probably most well-known within the state of Colorado, that is, as far as covering high school sports, doing breakdowns of film, top five lists, and, you know, doing weekly recaps throughout the season, as well as other content like that. However, something that we did dip our toes in a little bit was our Queens of Football episode. You know, that was episode 30. You know, where we broke down some flag football players film and, you know, Simon and I both agreed that this is something that we both wanted to cover this year. And here we are covering women's flag football here in the 2022 season, talking KCAC, like Simon said, and, you know, eventually talking about more of those East Coast teams as well as covering high school throughout this flag football season, you know, because... I mean, it's an exciting sport. There's lots of great athletes. And Simon and I being obviously ambassadors of opportunity and, you know, huge football fans and uh, loving the game of football. We love that more people kind of get to, you know, interact with it and get a lot of those experiences that made us love it so much and inspired us to do this show. So very excited about, you know, this this stream and this flag football season. Simon, you want to introduce yourself by uh, by your alias? <laughs> alias, this is what I go by. Uh, what's good, y'all? My name is Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, we're here to put on good football. Uh, here at the Playmakers cover Corner, we cover great football players and great football. That includes women's flag football as well. Uh, last year, like Cody said, we did cover, uh, you know, a couple players here and there. Didn't really dip our feet into that realm as much as we wanted to, even though we did a lot of research on it and we followed a lot of these football teams as the season went on. But, you know, this year we're changing that. You know, we're trying to hit flag football, women's flag football as hard as possible. Really put all the players on because that's really what the show is about. It ain't about us. To be honest, nobody really cares what we think, but we're here to put on good football players, and that includes many of these uh, young women here that, you know, are playing on the next level, are basically pioneers, you know. And for people that don't know, because I'm sure we have some of our, you know, Colorado audience here. Uh, welcome, by the way. I know most of y'all have snow days if you're in middle school or high school, so... You could stay the whole time, but basically, um, the NFL helped fund about, uh, what is it, like 12 to 16 NAI uh, women's flag football teams, Cody, last year. Was that was that the number? I don't know the exact number here. I believe it was, it was the 15 teams. or 16, something like that. Okay, well, there you go. And so, they did, they did that, 
And then last year, 2021, was the first inaugural season of uh, women's flag football on the NAI level. And so a couple of these programs were really just getting started here. Um, not many coaches were able to recruit. I think that's something that I'm going to kind of say a lot throughout this stream here because a lot of the players that they did pick up were, you know, some names that, you know, they played flag football in their uh, specific state, whether that's like Nevada, Florida, the East Coast, whatever. Or, you know, they're just really good athletes and they became dual sport or even triple sport athletes on that next level because when it comes down to football, it's about athletes, right? It's about having the right athletes and putting them in positions to make plays. At least that's what the good coaches do. And so uh, that's basically what a lot of rosters were made up of last year. You didn't have too many, like, you know, players that were recruited for this. This year, fast forward to 2022, we have a whole recruiting class for each of these uh, teams right here. So a lot of these teams will probably have freshmen that step up into leadership roles and, uh, you know, kind of make their mark here. Start setting records and start setting that bar for their program. And, uh, you know, that's exciting. You know, that's extremely, extremely exciting. It's not every day you get to see the start of something like this. And women's flag football is something that is just continuing to grow. You know, that's the future of football. In my opinion, you're not a football state if you don't have women's flag football too. And if you don't have a good women's flag football team as well. I know this last year, uh, Georgia joined the mix. Alabama joined the mix. Arizona's getting ready to start their football season soon here. Uh, shout out to Hamilton and Chandler and some of these other programs that did follow us on Twitter. You know, and shout out to our boy Zach over there, our Arizona connection. But... You know, that's definitely a state that has been on the come up as far as football has uh, been involved. And, you know, women's flag football is going to be pretty good over there this spring. So we're looking forward to follow that and maybe even go to a state championship game. That'd be really cool. It's literally just like a state over. So I'm not super concerned about that. But, uh, yeah. And, um, I mean, today we're going to talk about, you know, the Kansas Collegiate athletic conference i had to look it up just real quick here uh most of these teams are in kansas but you got a team in nebraska missouri all that stuff here in my opinion this will be a pretty competitive league here it makes up a good core of the flag football teams out there right now i i have a lot of faith in this group of five right here uh it is five right i i could count yeah in this group of five right here uh, to last not only, you know, throughout this season, but the next season. Because, look, let's just be real. There are some programs that try to get it going, but maybe they're not quite ready. And so they stop. You know, this is a, a very, a very um, young sport in college, you know. Uh, it's considered an emerging sport. I think you need about 50 or 60 teams to get out of that emerging sport status. And so that is what they're working towards being the core of the flat of the women's flag football programs out here so yeah but uh cody do you have anything else to add on before i kind of hop into this and talk about Cody college here uh no i think that you can go ahead and jump in just uh try not to spoil the upcoming bits <laughs> i'm i mean i'll try <laughs> I'll, I'll try for sure but uh, let's let's go ahead and hop into it. So we do have a bunch of stuff here. We have leaks. We're going to show some clips here as well. But you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about their schedule last year. So last year, a pretty tough go for Cotty. 
you know, they didn't win a game. They also played the least amount of games here in the KCAC. I believe they only played four games. At least that's what's listed on um, the conference website. And so 0-4 and, and whatnot. And I don't know if there's COVID problems or, you know, well, that's probably something for sure. COVID problems or coaching problems or numbers. You know, it could be a handful of things for a first-year program, to be completely honest with you. But, you know, it was a pretty tough year. You know, we'll go through a lot of programs, like records from the past year, and you'll see Cotty on there. But Cotty this year, you know, they're, they're on the come-up. And I'm going to go ahead and take a minute to talk about their coaching staff right here. Let me see if I could bring up some pictures of their coaching staff. Boom. Okay. So, uh, let me go ahead and talk about their coaching staff here. So, uh, their head coach last year was Madeline Col Colberston, I want to say. Uh, excuse me if I say any of these names wrong, by the way. She was the uh, first head coach hired on the NAI level at an all-women's college in Cotty history. Um, so, there you go there. And this year, you know, she did serve as the head coach last year, but she will be taking more of an assistant coaching job, at least, or role. At least that's what it says here on the, or in their bio. So I'm going to go with that. And then their new head coach this year is Coach Matt Harder. He is a first-year coach uh, originally from Colorado. You know, we're very familiar, familiar with Greenwood Village here. Uh, also played for CSU back in the day and was a quality control coach for CSU under Sonny, oh, I, I don't, I think it's Lubick or Lubick, for about two years after he graduated. And so... You know, he obviously has experience with football, having played it, and having, you know, have a little bit of experience on that D1 level uh, back then. He was also a volunteer for this team in its first year there. So there you go, Cody, already a Colorado connection here from our, uh, like I said, uh, Greenwood Village, a city uh, community that we're very, very familiar with, uh, with that Cherry Creek program. I wonder if he did go to Cherry Creek. That'd be really funny if he did. But there you go. That's the head coaches, uh, well, head coach and then assistant coach there. Uh, before I move on, Cody, what do you think about this coaching staff and kind of the resume? Well, obviously, it's exciting, you know, just that, you know, it's, it's really new. But obviously, you know, having a Colorado guy there, that's awesome, especially if he went to Creek, you know, then. Or at least if he keeps up with Creek, that he understands, you know, that that's a winning tradition. And, uh, you know, uh, Madeline obviously being there last year, you know, at least that's a familiar face for the coaches or for the players, you know, and whatnot. And I'm assuming that both of these coaches, you know, were huge in recruiting as they did land one of the best recruits in, you know, this I guess, upcoming freshman class, but at least in the class of 21 for high schoolers, landing one of the top recruits who we actually did a film breakdown on. Uh, I'm sure that they were integral to that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure they were. You know, they, they had a pretty solid recruiting class here. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the roster here, but they did have a pretty solid recruiting class. Um, they did have a couple players make all state teams or sorry not all state all conference teams last year but uh at least as far as i could see none of them are on the roster 
as of right now. So you have a very heavy freshman class here, which will be really interesting because they're going to get to grow together and they're going to get to gel and do all that great stuff and build this program, you know, because that's really what it's all about here. Here, let me go ahead and show their faces. Boom, there you go. All right, so a couple of the players to look out for. Kenzie Murdoch, we did a film breakdown on her. She was one of the first, like, ever women's flag football players that we talked about. And I think, mm, was she the first women's flag football player to interview with us, or was that Haley? We're getting I think we got Kenzie's here. scheduled first. Okay, well, there you if go. We're, if we're getting into technicalities, even though they their interview is on the same episode, which, by the way, listen to episode 35. Yeah, you might as well go ahead and check that out there. But yeah, uh, Kenzie's film breakdown episode, if you want to check that out, is episode 30. And then, yes, her interview is 35. She talks about her process uh, with flag football, recruiting, all that. And she also talked about how she was recruited to Cotty College here. But obviously, obviously, she's going to be a pretty big deal for them. Be a leader on that defense. You can never go wrong with a good defensive leader, to be honest with you. And, you know, linebacker is a pretty important spot here when you're playing seven-on-seven -seven flag football. you got to have a competent linebacker. You just do. If you don't, then the defense falls apart. There's miscommunications. They're able to run all this, you know, easy type of play stuff that, you know, if you miscommunicate, then it could turn into a big-time play. And you don't want that, especially when you're playing at this high level because most of these girls, um, at least this year, will have flag football experience if not a little bit more this year since you have a whole new recruiting class coming in that has played since, I mean, some have played since they were children. So you just got to keep that in mind. So obviously, Kenzie, she's going to be big time out of Shadow Ridge. Uh, yeah, Shadow Ridge High School in Las Vegas, Nevada, if I do remember correctly. Yep. So there you go there. And then another big-time player. She is a, a recruit from Panama. At least that's what it says here. Daniela Goodrich. I'm going to go ahead and bring up some of her highlights here. Uh, she is on Instagram. And so I'm going to bring up uh, her little page here. Let me see if I can. Yep, there we go. Go ahead we'll and be give her a follow. We'll be live reacting to this. Yes, we are live reacting Daniela to this. Here. Well, you will be. I've seen her. Uh, highlights obviously <laughs> but she is very good receiver db you can look at all of her accolades right here mvp best running back mvp again defensive player of the year best player in her league like she is about that life and so she's coming from panama here to cotty and she's going to be a game changer to be completely honest with you here let me go ahead and click on this one i think this is a good little play right here and so i'm just gonna let it play here uh look she's somebody who's pretty tall i want to say she's about uh in that five nine five, five ten or five okay well she seems like she's five nine or so because she does play bigger than her size for sure and she has pretty insane acceleration i would definitely say her acceleration is a pretty elite you know, and so she's somebody that could take it to the house. She was used in a couple of different roles here. You know, like I said, she played oh receiver, Lord. DB. You see her on a couple of little um, end arounds right here as well. Oh, my God. This play is kind of insane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so she's going to be an um, offensive oh. threat. <laughs> she's going <laughs> to... Hey, don't react too much. Answers. Don't react. Hey, don't, don't give too much of a reaction here. That might be perceived as disrespectful. But hey, this is that's tough, is what that is. She's but anyways, pretty good. 
No, I think she'll be getting honestly, honestly, she'll be giving Cotty a pretty big weapon out here. You know, I think last year, uh, at least was looking at some of their scores. I mean, you could go ahead and say, ah, oh, maybe they weren't gelling together well and whatnot. But I think adding a receiver like this, an offensive weapon like this, is going to at least help you put up points. You know, and if you get into a shootout, who freaking cares? I mean, it's fun. You know, that's fun football. You know, and then and anything could happen in a shootout on any given day. So you just got to be careful about that. But I think another big deal about her is that she's also bringing in a lot of experience. You know, she does have international comp, um, comp experience, obviously. And then, I mean, that's that's obviously something that you can't take for granted here. She's played a bunch of different looks, I'm sure. Uh, a bunch of different types of players and whatnot as well. I know down in Panama, it's kind of a big deal to, uh, you know, play flag football. It's kind of an emerging sport down there as well. And so uh, she's going to bring a lot of that experience, which, you know, Cotty will definitely need. Though Every team that doesn't win a game will need all the experience you could get here. And so this will be huge for Cody College. Now, as I'm going through Eclipse, Cody, you know, uh, what do you think about Daniela Goodrich here? I mean, the acceleration jumps off the film just right off the get-go, you know, and obviously the balance and body control, that one play that I couldn't even contain my reaction, that's just incredible moves to, I mean, she weaved through the entire defense, and there she goes again. Five players had a chance to pull her flag and just don't don't get to because of how great of an athlete she is and how well she can accelerate on a whim, you know. Just incredible acceleration. Like you said, this is going to be a huge shot in the arm for this Cotty College offense who, I mean, she gives you a couple of different ways to get her the ball, obviously, and I think it allows for a lot of creativity. And I mean, just in general, this is a huge freshman class this is a freshman heavy team you know one of the other players who we talked about is you know a returner here but i mean out of out of 13 players you have three upperclassmen so 10 of these are freshmen obviously or wait no i don't know how to count uh eight of these are freshmen my bad and, you know, I think that with that much energy coming into the program, that gives you a lot to be excited about. You have, you know, a couple of recruits from Nevada who probably played against each other, you know, and are familiar with each other in some way in that community. And so you have a little bit of familiarity there as well as just great athletes like Daniela here who, you know, I mean, just, just give you a lot to be excited about for this. Oh, wow. Look at that grab. I know. She has really good hands and some hops as well. She she could definitely moss a couple players, put some players on a highlight if you're not careful. So we'll have to watch this one. You're gonna you're gonna oh have God. You're gonna have Coach Cody reacting too. some kind of oh lord. That's not even bad coverage. Like I mean, no, but it is what when you got a playmaker, they're gonna make catch. plays. Yeah. They're yeah. gonna make plays. So. so, there you yeah. go. All right, well, 
that is Daniela Goodrich. I'm going to continue to kind of just go through and play some of her highlights here. While I talk about one other player that I think will be key to this team, uh, one of the returning players, one of the few returning players for this Cotty College team, and that is Jennifer Aberstock. She is their quarterback. Uh, I believe she played for Green Valley High School in Nevada. Yep, she did. And she also won the Nevada State Championship in 2019 for, you know, women's flag football. And, you know, last year definitely had a little bit of a tougher year. I was looking through some uh, game recaps here and there. And, you know, it, it, was, it was difficult. You know, it was definitely difficult out there. And so I think going into this year, I mean, you know, it's another year in the program. You've got a couple more weapons and all that. You've got a couple more players that are more bought in. I think she's going to be super key in uh, kind of leading this offense here. She's somebody that could definitely light it up. I mean, she won she won the state championship in 2019 in Nevada. And it's not like Nevada just started doing flag football. They've been doing it for, I want, is it fair to say decades? At least in, since the 2000s, I want to say, but I could be wrong. But they're one of those states that have been doing it for kind of a while, just like Florida. So, I mean, at least since 2012, it's been state-sanctioned. So, yeah. at so, least a decade. Jeez, this one's in the rain. That's wild. But, yeah, and so I kind of look to her as just one of the captains of this team and one of the leaders. I think she's somebody that's going to really just, you know, kind of lead this team back and be like, yo, we're going to get into some of these games. We're going to score a bunch of points and we're going to have some fun out here. And we're going to set the tone here for quality college football, uh, flag football out here. And really just, uh, you know, begin to kind of gel together that culture here. And so those three, Kenzie Murdoch, Daniela Goodrich, and Jennifer Averstock are all players that I'm kind of looking to and I'm like, okay, I, I like what I see, you know, there's, this is a squad right here. Some of these players are obviously going to play both ways and I'm sure there are more players as well. I just couldn't find a lot of film and I'm not going to lie. I literally went in and I like copy and pasted almost every single name into Google, YouTube, Huddle, you know, used a bunch of different keywords. I tried to do my work here. Um, and so if I couldn't find them, then, you know, it was what it was, or, you know, maybe they had a couple plays here or there, but I chose to stick with this. So there you go but cody cody college you know those are their uh, players let's go ahead and look at their schedule before you know we talk about kind of outlook here well now we don't have to do any predictions you know but i just figured we look at their schedule here so uh they start off the season february 18th at ottawa ottawa if in case you don't know they're the defending national champs so that's gonna be pretty tough we'll talk about them last because they're that good and then after that, they play Kansas Wesleyan, who won the silver bracket uh, at the NAIA Invitational last year as well. And so they're a pretty good squad. And then, you know, play in March, they play St. Mary's, Ottawa again, Kansas Wesleyan. They have Xavier listed here. And then uh, St. Mary's, Midland, Ottawa, and then Midland again before they go ahead and hit that KCAC tournament. And then eventually those NAIA National Championships here. And so they have a couple more games scheduled, uh, at least, well, compared to last year. Cody, how, how are you feeling about Cody College here? I mean, I'm excited, and they should be too. I mean, with all these young players, I feel like, you know, last season, it, it was a weird time to start, right, with, with COVID and everything. Now, you know, I feel like they're actually going to get an opportunity to maybe have some fans at games and 
you know, kind of the environment, I think, will go a long way for all of these teams, but also the experience, you know, of having, you know, a Jennifer Haverstock there still and, you know, just kind of getting used to what it means to run a flag football program. I think that they have that year under their belt. They have some experience. They actually got to recruit significantly more, you know, this year than they were able to for that first year. And I think that that's why you should be very excited about Cotty College here is just because experience is everything. But so they have the experience of the coaching and the running the program. And so I think that the freshman and that incoming class is going to have a lot more to benefit from and is going to be able to, you know, learn kind of following what the coaches have learned rather than learning it with them like a lot of players and coaches had to do that first year. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, I mean, look, every year when you're starting a new program, it's going to be a learning experience. I think this year definitely will be a learning experience for Cotty Flag Football. I'm not ready to, like, label them as, like, you know, like a big-time contender or whatnot. I There's a lot of players that, you know, I'm looking at and I'm like, yo, let's let's see what we have. You know, let's let's see what goes down. An offseason went by and whatnot. I mean, a lot of these players, like you said, Cody, are freshmen, so they just got on campus like last September, last August. So we'll see where they're at, but they should definitely at least win a couple games here. You know, they might upset some of these teams. And this is a pretty, like, it's going to be competitive, you know, early on when you have this few teams right now because of the talent pool and all of that. And, you know, Cotty, they do have, they have, uh, you know, made some splashes in recruiting for next year as well. They did pull a player from SIG, the Staten Island Giants. They're one of the premier travel women's flag football squads out here in the country and so that'll be big if they could uh you know maybe establish a pipeline to sig so that'll be big time for them but for now you know we'll see how this season turns out i'm really excited to honestly just see all these players play see kenzie get out there see i i oh my god it'd be really fun to see daniela play as well i think she is an excellent player a playmaker if there was ever one and i think she could definitely put up some numbers if anything you know for the squad so uh so yeah there you go any thoughts before we move on to our next program I think that they have new flags coming into this season, and they look pretty sick. I don't know if you saw that on their uh, <laughs> on their Instagram, but I mean, look, it's a part of the uniform, and they look pretty sweet. So. Hey, you should drop their uh, social media handles as we go. By oh, the way. yes, absolutely. So you can find uh, Cotty College if you look at Cotty College Athletics page on Instagram. You'll find them at cotty.college.athletics, or you know, you also can find them on Twitter. It's just uh, at Cotty Athletics on their Twitter page, and that's where they update all of their flag football stuff. And on their Instagram, they actually have, like, a flag football story, which is pretty sweet. So go ahead and give give them a follow. And obviously, you know, if you're in a position, all of these programs need financial support to keep running. So any which way you can, please help these programs out because it is better for you know, all of these women and girls in high school to have this opportunity to play a next level sport such as football. I think it's a beautiful game that should be shared with everyone. 
and you know it's a growing sport and so obviously providing that opportunity and helping grow the game of football to be more accessible and to more minds and more players and athletes i think it's for the best so obviously if you can financially donate to any of these programs then please do it but i think we're ready to talk about our next program simon all right perfect sounds good uh so coming up next we're going to talk about the kansas wesleyan coyotes let's go ahead and talk about their coaching staff here let me see if i could pull up uh some pictures here we go all right so um all of these coaches here are entering their second year so just keep that in mind you got the head coach oh my god i'm gonna try my best to say this so excuse me if i uh, say this wrong but mike uh famia glietti cody is that how you would say that that sounds i'm not pretty jumping off of this okay. ship with you simon i'm sorry okay well he's gonna be indifferent <laughs> so that means he's jumping off the ship with me coach fam is what they call him <laughs> Uh, this is his second year coaching. He was the OC for uh, Kansas Wesleyan's football team as well. This year he will be an assistant for them still. I know they just got a new head coach over there, but he is the head coach for the squad. Uh, won the silver bracket in last season's NAIA Invitational, so that's not bad at all. Um, also, once referred to his coaching staff as perfectly matching up with AFC Richmond staff from Ted Lasso. Uh, him obviously being Ted Lasso. <laughs> Tarek Smith, his assistant coach, uh, being Coach Beard, and then Ochoa being Kent. And so let me talk about his uh, assistants here. Valerie Ochoa, she is a second year, like I said. Um, she was a four-year star for Kansas Wesleyan soccer team before becoming an assistant coach for this flag football team. And then you have Tarek Smith, his second year as well. He was a former Kansas Wesleyan I think so, a former Kansas Wesleyan football player for them, and he is their OC and quarterback coach. And so entering their second year, had kind of an up-and-down season. We'll talk about that in a bit here. But, you know, definitely had some success. It's definitely a good thing to, you know, return all of your coaches from your first year here. And so I'm sure there's a lot of things they have learned and a lot of things are going to contribute here moving forward. Now, Cody, before I ask you about this coaching staff, I kind of want to talk about how their season went last year. So let's go ahead and pull that up right here. Um, here, let me move it over just a bit. All right, there we go. All right, so on the season, went 6-8, and eight, uh, lost the first game against Ottawa, 38-6, played University of Florida's club team, which is a pretty good flag football team if you didn't know. Uh, basically, it's made up of all the best flag football players in Florida, arguably, you know. And so they lost to them 69-0. to They're a very good program, uh, that club team over there. They've been playing flag football for a while, I'm pretty sure. So they have a very rich tradition, arguably a little bit richer than some of these colleges just because of how long they've been around. So that's not, I mean, you know, they're a good program. And then Cotty College beat them 55-0. Beat Midland, just barely, 19-12. Um, wasn't supposed to play Cotty again, but it was postponed. Lost to Ottawa again, 40-6. Lost to Midland, who got revenge, 24-14. Uh, lost to Ottawa, 47-19. Beat Cotty College once again, 90-7. Jesus, that is not right. And then they went again and lost to Ottawa, 34-6. Um, but... 
right before the NAI Invitationals. They would play Midland one more time and lose to them 37-6. to So kind of a back and forth here with uh, Midland win. here. What? They'd win 37-6. Or sorry, they won 37-6. to Yep. And so definitely a little bit of a back and forth with Midland here. So just keep that in mind. But they went to the NAI Invitationals, which was in Atlanta. Um, I think it was held at the Atlanta Falcons uh, football stadium slash practice field. So there you go. Lost to Kaiser out of Florida, by the way, 37 to 12. Then Midland went ahead and got their revenge on them and beat them 19 to 6. That will basically send them into the silver bracket. Uh, in the silver bracket, they beat Milligan University 76 to 6. And then a pretty big upset here over the University of St. Mary's 43 to 0 to win that silver bracket last year. Now, Cody, what do you think about this coaching staff and how last season went? Not too bad at a 6 and 8 record, but definitely an up and down season for a first year program. Now, I think that there's a lot to be happy with here. You know, six and eight, obviously playing, you know, a, a successful program in Ottawa, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But, you know, other than struggling with just that team specifically, I they they were a good match for any other team. Their back and forth with Midland, I think, is very indicative of where this program is and how successful they are. Obviously, like you said, keeping keeping a lot of those same those same players or those same coaches is huge. And, you know, I kind of like uh, Coach Pham's uh, main character thing he's got going on here with the Ted Lasso comparison. And, um, you know, having a former uh, college quarterback or college football player, you know, on that coaching staff, I think is the direction that every coaching staff obviously wants to be at. And then, you know, I think that Coach Ochoa here, I think that being a four-year player for a soccer team i think that's huge as far as you know agility and speed training she knows all about how to run and cover an entire length of a field and i think that that's integral to a successful kind of program obviously you know in, in college athletics you need your weightlifting and you need your speed training and i don't think it gets much faster much better speed training than a former college soccer player and so I think that there's a lot of transferable stuff there, obviously, to to go with this Kansas Wesleyan program. So I'm very excited about that. I think another thing that I kind of like about, I assume that this is either their coaching staff or their athletic director, is just how accessible it is to try and get on this team, you know. On their Twitter, KWU Flag FB, go ahead and give them a follow. You know, there is a link here for recruits and it's just a straight up Google form, you know, where you can fill it out, you know, everything from your normal information, your high school graduating, your name, hometown and whatnot, but also, you know, your GPA, all your scores and kind of like what sports you've played. It's just very accessible for recruits. And I love that for, you know, increasing how big your talent pool can be when you just have a Google form here. So, you know, I love the way that they have that set up. I don't know if that's necessarily specifically the coaching staff or if it's the athletic director, but either way, I think that that is huge for a successful program, the way that they have that set up. And, uh, you know, obviously when you can recruit like that, 
where it's like an open door kind of thing where you can kind of look through that. That's pretty massive. And you end up with some pretty special recruits. Isn't that right, Simon? Yes, that is right. But before I talk about some of those recruits, they are returning a lot of very good players here. Um, this core they have is pretty special, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Let me talk about their all-conference players here. Let me pull up the roster so you can actually see their faces or see some of their faces. Boom, there we go. Um, but last year, uh, here are all their all-conference players. Marissa Rubino, Jada Wilson, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, Reagan Martin. Um, I want to say it's... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to say that right, but Green, Sabrina Sardate, uh, Carly Becker, Megan Moran, and yeah, those are, so those are all their All-State, or sorry, I keep saying All-State, all those All-Conference players, man, I'll, I'll get it right, but let me go ahead and talk about what each of these, or what most of these players did. Uh, Marissa Rubino, she was a first-team receiver, and look, when you look at their All-Conference teams, it's pretty much dominated by Ottawa, especially at receiver. So for Marissa Rubino to make it is pretty big time. Through nine games that season, she had 39 receptions for 488 receiving yards and a team a, and leading the team in eight receiving touchdowns. Um, she also scored the first touchdown in program history on the 28th against Ottawa. So there you go. Jada Wilson. She was named first team defensive back and second team receiver. She had five interceptions on the season, returning three of those interceptions for touchdowns. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, she also had 29 flags, flag poles this season. And then as a receiver, 29 receptions, 457 receiving yards, and seven receiving touchdowns. Then you have Brianna Hernandez-Silva. She was named to first to the first team as a utility player and then to the second team at running back and linebacker and then was an honorable mention at receiver so a do-it-all player in case you didn't know um what first team utility player meant but she led the, the i can't talk my gosh she led this team with 43 recept receptions for 440 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns also rushed 56 times for 435 rushing yards and three touchdowns Averaged about 50 yards a game, if you round up. Also played quarterback for the squad. Uh, went 24-50 for 227 yards and six touchdowns. Then defensively, she also led the squad with 57 flagpoles, four sacks, and three interceptions there. Um, yeah, there you go. And then the last player I kind of want to talk about here is Sabrina Saudante. I hope I'm saying that right. Her last name right, but she did play quarterback for the squad. Was an honorable mention here. But she completed about 48% of her passes. Not too bad. 131 of 271 for about 1,511 passing yards and 16 touchdowns. Averaged about 168 passing yards a game. And so those are all of the returning players at least they're all conference players for kansas wesleyan as you can see you know a lot of players here that at least contributed statistically and obviously do some dubs here especially on that offensive side of the ball um here now 
Cody, before I let you react to that, we got to talk about our gal out here, Alexa Manser, out of Nevada. She will be a freshman this year. Was already named captain. Just going to throw that out there. We did a film breakdown on her, episode 30. Uh, I thought we were going to get an interview with her, and then I think that's more so on us. We kind of just dropped the ball. That's still open. We'd love to interview you, Alexa, if you are open to, but we know that you can be kind of busy here, you know, because you have a flag football season coming up here in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks. But I'm just going to go ahead and play some of her film here. Alexa, basically our film breakdown. Whoops, this is the wrong tab. Basically our film breakdown of her game. I mean, she's probably one of the most exceptional linebackers we've ever done. Um, film breakdown on just really good instincts, you know, super smart, great pursuit. She could cover, she could pass rush, she could flagpole, obviously. And we said that she was probably somebody that could set records as a defensive linebacker here for a lot of different teams. And so for Kansas Wesleyan to pull her was a pretty big deal, arguably getting one of the best, well, the best linebacker uh, in this recruiting class for women's flag football. I'm going to go ahead and play some of her highlights here from high school, uh, her junior season. But, Cody, what do you think about all these returning players and then obviously then adding Alexa Manser to the squad, already a captain uh, as well? Yeah, so obviously these returning players are explosive. This offense was able to get it done this past year. Hernandez Silva, holy cow. I mean, look – Everyone says do-it-all kind of player for a lot of different reasons, but she literally did it all, and that's just insane. Not to mention that, you know, they also had an, a second-team conference blocker, obviously, so when you have someone that can provide time for the quarterback and whatnot, that's huge. They also had a running game. I'd say that, you know, their balance is part of the reason why they were so successful this past year. When you're able to run for like 50 yards a game and you have a quarterback that can throw for like 170 yards a game, basically, that's awesome. That's that's big time. And, you know, they, they average 245 yards a game, basically 246 because point eight, you know, they, they just cut six. And, you know, I think that that's integral to, you know, it, obviously flag football, It you want to play defense. But I mean, really, it's all about scoring. You know what I mean? Like, you want to out... It's it's all offense. You have so much room on the field and just so much space to, to manipulate. And, you know, this offense, they were able to score last year, but I would say that their defense is something that could be focused on, you know, when they did allow quite a handful of points to a plethora of teams. And so, you know, getting a recruit like Alexa is going to be huge for this defense that you know allowed over 40 points a game a couple of different times and it i think it's just a great snag here for kansas wesleyan to get a player like alexa i think obviously being a captain her work ethic has never been questioned and as you can see on the film she's just so good at getting to the quarterback that you know these players who racked up a ton of interceptions on the defensive side of the ball, I think they're going to get even more interceptions this year with Alexa pass rushing and whatnot, and maybe even getting a couple of different interceptions of her own. I mean, to have one player take three interceptions back to the house, and for Hernandez Silva to get three interceptions, I mean, 
it, the fact that you're going to be able to increase that with a great pass rush from Alexa is just scary for other teams. And, you know, I don't know. Alexa, as you can see, she's going against three blockers by herself. She's going against one blocker by herself. She's going against all these different looks and all these different kind of schemes to take her out of the play. And she's never out of the play. And you got to be excited for that if you're Kansas Wesleyan. But Simon, you know, I haven't had a chance to review the film of some of these returning players. So is it possible to take a look at that? No, I mean, yeah, we could we could play some other film here real quick. I also just wanted to point out, um, look here, just in NAI flag football, there's no blocking allowed. Also, as a pass rusher, you can't put your hands on the blocker. So, you, I mean, she can't be pass rushing the way she does here. And so if she is able to do it this way while pass rushing, she really shouldn't have a problem rushing basically when the blocker can't touch her. So, boom, there you go there. Uh, and also to add on, Jada Wilson, I mean, she was a first-team DB. I know... I mean, we were talking about all these other players. That's great. But I think she's going to be big time. This defense has a lot of potential here. We'll see how they go. I know this coaching staff is very offensive-centric, I would say, for sure here. And so, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think, you know, uh, they'll definitely get the offense going. But defensively, they could be sneaky good. And Alexa, I don't know if we made this prediction on the episode but we definitely said that i mean you know we definitely said that she could potentially be an all-conference uh linebacker and defensive player of the year i could definitely see it it's really not that hard see by the way this is marissa rubino's film here um i could see that for alexa manser i mean she's an absolute monster i wouldn't be surprised if she went over 55 poles or something crazy like that had a handful of sacks interceptions i know the one thing we criticized were her hands uh, we'll see how that goes i mean <laughs> we talked about it over dms but personally i'm not that worried so there you go but Kansas Wesleyan, you know, returning a lot of offensive talent. And then, you know, defensive-wise, they're definitely getting a pretty big, you know, upgrade here at linebacker with Alexa, who's probably going to be one of the leaders of this team, if you couldn't tell by her being captain. So there you go there. Um, yeah. Cody, do you mind if we look at some of, at their schedule this year and talk about that here real quick? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Unless you had something to say about Marissa's film here. I know she's making some pretty good plays out here. I mean, what an well. athlete. What an athlete. Um, Another weapon. And, yeah, and uh, she looks like she has good hands, you know. And then I also just took a quick look at Hernandez Silva uh, showing off, you know, the fact that you have a couple of different quarterbacks. Sounds like some trick plays that could uh, be in the works here. But uh, anyways, yeah, let's go ahead and go ahead and look at this schedule, shall we? Yeah, let's hop into it. So, as of right now, they open up the season against Cotty, February 26th. So, a little bit of a late start here, but that is okay. So, they play Cotty actually two times in a row. So, they play him on the 26th and then March 4th. So, there you go. And then it seems like they make a, they go ahead and make a trip down to Florida, play some of these Florida teams. That's never a bad thing. They're always pretty tough out there, have a very good culture. Like I said, Florida is one of those states that has had flag football for 
like decades now and so that's definitely a culture that they're cultivating and that they're going to bring over to their college programs and so they play weber international warner thomas university um basically on the same day it seems on march 12th we will talk about those teams next week on that stream and so we'll preview them there then they come back go ahead and go on the road or stay on the road and play the university of saint mary's uh at their place on march 18th then they play xavier and then mid-season or well i would say it's mid-season late season you know they play ottawa midland and St. Mary's, uh, Ottawa and Midland on the 26th, and then St. Mary's on April 1st, and then you got Midland again, St. Mary's and Ottawa to basically end the season before the KCAC tournament, and then eventually Nationals as well. So, all that being said, we talked about their players, this is their schedule here. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, playing these Florida teams is never easy here. I mean, you Best case scenario, you want to beat all of them, right? But got to put some respect on their names. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped one or maybe even two of these games because they are, they are playing them all basically in one day. Well, Weber, sorry, on the 11th, and then Warner and Thomas University on the 12th. That's not a very, I guess, um, quick or, sorry, long turnaround there. You know, you're basically turning around and playing these teams uh, one after the other. So that's definitely a little bit of a concern, plus Xavier as well. Uh, we'll see about that. I don't know why it's colored like this, but we'll see about that. And so definitely a lot of teams that they're playing um, right there in that stretch here. So, yeah. But, Cody, what do you think about Kansas Wesleyan? Well, first off, I just want to say once again, go to at KWUFlagFB on twitter their pinned tweet right now is you know a scan to donate kind of qr code so that they can make those trips down to florida and play you know national competition i think that that's integral to the growth of this sport so please 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 go ahead and go donate to them and make sure that they can get the best of the best here for their upcoming schedule but obviously you know we're seeing We'll be seeing a lot of familiar faces, especially, you know, heading into this KCAC part of the schedule. You know, they're going to get two cracks at every team at least. And, you know, I think that you you want to you want to start splitting these games here. You know, you want to be in Ottawa to show that you're taking that next step. You want to at least split those games with Midland and you want to have continued success and just keep riding that wave of winning that silver bracket from University of St. Mary, you know. I think that that's the important part of the season. Obviously, you know, this top half is just getting you ready for that, you know. And I, I'm i very excited to see how they do in league play, you know, in conference play this year. And, I mean, man, they just have such an awesome stadium to play at. I was looking at this, you know, Graves Family Sports Complex, and it's just, a, it's a beautiful field, honestly. And, I think that it's a great place to play some football and put up a ton of points on whoever decides to come into your house. They do have a lot of this season on the road, the majority of this season actually on the road with that potential Florida tournament. And then, you know, um, at, obviously 
with their league play ending up splitting, going some on the road and some at home. But, uh, you know, I think that if you can win on the road in Florida, you can win anywhere. And that is what's going to help best prepare you to take a crack at this KCAC. I mean, yeah, absolutely agreed. I think these Florida teams will be key. Um, first off, if you're playing Cotty back-to-back, I mean, look, if you beat him one time that first week, you should probably beat him that second time. Get Go 2-0. You know, to start out, because you're playing them back-to-back, -back, you should be really familiar with them. Then you literally don't have to see them at all until maybe the KCAC tournament or or even Nationals, you know, to be completely honest with you. And so that's a good opportunity there, because after that, you're going to play Weber, you're going to play Warner, you're going to play Thomas. Those are all good teams. What the heck? Sorry about that. I heard something here. Those are all really good teams here. And so, you know, these teams will definitely challenge uh kansas wesleyan a bit here because all three of these had a very good recruiting class if i'm being completely honest with you and so that's definitely something that you gotta be you know on top of and then you turn around you gotta rematch with saint mary's they're ready they're a really good team we'll talk about them here moving forward and then i would say if you could split your ottawa matchups at least if you could beat them one time and make a statement that's huge you know, they're the defending national champs. Knock them off one time. That gives you the confidence. That shows that they can be beat. You know, because I think there's kind of a vibe out there that, oh, they're the golden standard. You know, they can't be beat. You know, that's fine. You know, they're the, they're the defending champs for now. But any team could be beat. And so that's what this uh, young squad has to keep in mind moving forward here. Because, I mean, you have like three straight away games here at the end of the season. Anything could happen in those games, so you might as well win at home, get your crowd riled up just a little bit, you know, uh, before you hit those away games to end the season. So uh, there you go. But Kansas Wesleyan, ultimately a team that I'm super excited about, returning a lot of very good players. Uh, Alexa Manser, a name you got to look out for. She's going to be an absolute menace out there. You gotta, you gotta scheme around here, you know, if you're OCs for other teams. You just got to, because if you just let her do whatever she wants, she's gonna do whatever she wants. So, boom, there you go there. Uh, also, you know, feel free, they have a fundraiser going as well. Uh, if you go to more here on the top of their homepage, and then support flag football. I'm just gonna open this up, because I might as well. Uh, there should be a bunch of, they made a video about it, there should be a bunch of ways that you could donate there so there you go here i'm gonna move this over just a little bit so you can see some of these donations so boom there you go there very good program uh personally i like coach fam i think he's a pretty funny dude i followed him on uh twitter for like over a year now and uh i know he is also recruiting some of our colorado boys as well so gotta give him a shout out there and uh, hey thank you for supporting colorado football so we got you but boom that's kansas wesleyan uh, Cody, you ready to move on to the next team here? Yes. All right. So, speaking of the University of St. Mary's, that is the next team we're going to talk about here. Uh, before I hop into this, just want to say that I did actually get to talk to uh, St. Mary's head coach, Angelica Grayson. Great person, someone I definitely vibe with, um, a coach that I respect a lot. Also, she's from that Fort Worth area. You know, I'm from Dallas, Cody. So whenever you get two Texas people around, you know, I'm with it, and we definitely vibe there. And so let me go ahead and talk about the coaching staff 
they have out here. Let me pull up uh, the pictures because visuals are everything, right? So here, there we go. And then let me pull up my little cheat sheet here. All right, so Coach Grayson, going into her second year here, head coach, she's a defensive type of player, uh, formerly a middle school PE teacher. So another thing, obviously, that, you know, Cody, I definitely relate to uh, in Crowley, Texas, taught there for about four or five-ish years, was playing women's tackle football on the pro level, I want to say, for the – uh, I want to. I should get this right because I literally know people who are on this team, but for the Texas Spartans, and you know she had a very good career. She was inducted into the very first ever class of women's tackle football, uh, inducted into that Hall of Fame. So she was part of that first group. There was also selected to serve on Team USA's football's. Uh, or I can't talk Team USA football subcommittee, and then she also this last off season did take part in the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship, where they she was... To get it. What was that? Oh, that scared me. I don't know. But she was a linebacker coach under Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. I don't think that's any of my stuff. But anyways, that's just the Twitch stream. Okay, so... There you go. Extremely qualified, in case you didn't know. You know, having just being a great athlete in general, you know, having a great career there, and then coaching uh, football down in Texas as well. Now, I got to shout out her GA slash her offensive coordinator, Jaleel Grimes. He did play quarterback for the University of St. Mary. Another Colorado guy here uh, from Aurora, Colorado, actually. So there you go, Cody. He reps Aurora. Um, town, baby. Yes, sir. Uh, played quarterback for Aurora Central, you know, who we actually have a very good relationship with. Shout out to all of, all, all of our Aurora Central homies, Marcus Howard, Carries Kirby, all them dudes. Um, but played quarterback for them. Graduated in 2017, just like you and me, Cody. So um, I already looked it up. There's no way that either you or me possibly played him in high school because I figured that'd be kind of a fun thing to look up because he did play for Aurora Central. Cody played for Arapaho, and then I did my time with Torty and Liberty. Did your time. There's a reason why I said did my time. So (laughs) there you go. But uh, Jaleel Grimes, he is entering his second year here. Like I said, was the OC. And boy, did they have an offense last year. You know, so, um, but before we talk about that, you know, let's, let's talk about, you know, their, uh, their schedule or, oh, sorry, their schedule last year and kind of their record here. Um, before I do move on though, (laughs) in my conversations with coach Grayson with, I can't talk with coach Grayson, excuse me. She did say that they were a little shorthanded at times. They had maybe... 11, 12-ish players playing 7-on-7 football. You know, that's... I'm just estimating there, but they were definitely playing a little bit shorthanded here. Still went 6-5, in the KCAC. Um, They did play the University of Florida as well on March 7th. Lost 46-0. Like I said, pretty good program. Uh, Was supposed to play Milligan, didn't get to play them. Then turned around and went on the road and played Midland twice here. First on March 19th and then on April 2nd. Beat them both times. First time beat them 21 to 15 in a thriller. Second time beat them 33 to 13. Then went back home. <sighs> Had to play Ottawa. Lost to them 48 to 0. Then went back the following week on April 9th at home. Played Milligan. 
bounced back with an 88-6 dub. Uh, then played Midland again, beat them 30-13. Um, and then would play them again in the KCAC tournament semifinals, losing to them 39 to 12. Now, as we get into the NAIA women's flag football finals here in Atlanta, did lose to Weber International 35 to 16. Turned around though and came back and beat Milligan 54 to 7, beat Xavier 58 to 6, then was in that final where they lost to Kansas Wesleyan 43 to 0. Uh, that was the only time they played Kansas Wesleyan as well, which is really interesting here. But as you can see here, man, they were scoring a lot of points. Basically every, I mean, uh, in all the games that they did won, did win, they scored over 20 points, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they have that one million game that was 21 to 15, but uh, they did their thing out here. So, Cody, do you have any reactions? Here, let me pull this up. Do you have, have any reactions to that, the coaching staff, before we talk about some of the players they have over there that made some of this magic happen? Also, uh, a 6-5 and five record, that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I think you could see kind of the defensive mind of, you know, this coaching staff, just kind of looking at their team stats, obviously, you know, I mean, they held opponents to a third of their total passing yards. They forced 15 interceptions this past year, you know, compared to not really allowing that many touchdowns. And I, I'm just very impressed with with how well their defense worked this year, their average yards per play that they allow opponents to do is not very high. And uh, yeah, I think that obviously it speaks for itself when you have a very solid season. One thing I will note is that on a neutral field, they are 0-3. So that is probably something that they're looking to improve on this next year when we look at that schedule. But uh, other than that, Simon, we want to talk about some of these players on St. Mary's roster here. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to that. We'll start by talking here. Let me pull up the roster. But we'll start by talking about some of their all-conference players. Oh, here. Here's a nice team picture right there. All right. So, here. Let me pull this up real quick. Um, okay. So, all-conference players for St. Mary's here. Uh, one of their blockers, snappers, uh, Maya Plotz, she was and first team uh, player. So there you go. On defense, you have Anaya Hooks for St. Mary's. So she made first team defense. And then second team here. Uh, sorry about that. Second team here. You have uh, the quarterback, Cheyenne Galbraith, who uh, made quarterback for that second team. Receiver Shannon Cooley was on here as well. And then on the defensive side of the ball, as far as second team goes, uh, Jerrica Johnson made it as a DB. Then their other DB, Dyer Stellis, I want to say, um, made it as well. So there you go there. Jerrica Johnson also made, I want to say, uh, I think honorable mention as a running back. So, yeah. But... Let me go ahead and talk about their stats because they are one of the few teams that has stats here uh, for, um, well, on their website, which is pretty good because some teams don't have any at all, which is kind of tough. But here, let me pull it up. So the quarterback in eight games, 
You know, she threw for a pretty solid 64%, 1,893 yards, 19 touchdowns. So, love to see that. She also rushed um, for about 115 net yards and a touchdown. So, there you go. And then receiving-wise, their lead receiver, Shannon Cooley, uh, she had 46 receptions for 608 receiving yards, five receiving touchdowns. Jerrica Johnson was up here as well. 52 receptions for 539 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Uh, and then Dyer and then Lillian here both had 230 and 224 receiving yards respectively so you have some uh you know you definitely have some stuff going on here on the offensive side of the ball absolutely love to see that let me go ahead and look at the defensive stats here so uh their leader was number 11 with 28 uh total flag pulls and then jerica johnson also um, I thought this was really interesting. She made all DB second team, but she had nine interceptions on the season, which is pretty good. So you love to see that. And so those are all players that are coming back. They're going to go ahead and make some noise here. Um, look, Jerrica Johnson, Shannon Cooley, uh, Sean Galbraith, they all had pretty good seasons, you know, uh, this last year for the first year playing flag or collegiate women's flag football you know, so I'm definitely very high on that. They're returning. You know, they had a good season last year. I would say a very good season last year. You know, returning this year, definitely looking to both of those players to step it up and, you know, continue their success here. I don't know why they would um, not do any otherwise, you know. And then lastly, Cody, I do want to talk about a freshman that is returning. Well, not returning, but she was recruited by Coach uh, Grayson here. From Texas, Denton, Texas yeah, specifically. Yep, yep, I knew you were going to talk about yep. this. I got to pull up her TikTok here. here. Uh, well, TikTok first off, sensation. Oh yeah, the TikTok sensation here. How many followers? Ninety-three k followers. So shout out to her, uh, Caroline Simpson from Denton. She played for Denton Geyer. Uh, they were a team that actually went made it to the semifinals in her senior year. I want to say didn't make it, but the team that did beat them would go ahead and get whooped by Katie. Katie is Katie. We all know how that goes if you're familiar with Texas football. Um, Cody, first off, while I play some of her highlights here, she did play varsity football for the squad. And so that's absolutely huge. And then obviously she's on this team playing receiver. And I want to say DB as well for the University of St. Mary. But definitely a pretty big pull to add to, you know, a very solid group that you're return returning, a very good group that you're returning, to be completely honest with you. A lot of these players that I just listed could definitely be first-team players next year, you know. So I'm extremely excited about that. But what do you think about some of those returning players as I do play, um, well, some of her TikToks here? Um, well, I mean, obviously... They balled out last year, and, you know, I think that a lot of those players that are first-team all-conference players are going to be first-team all-conference players again. I think that something that's very interesting here, and you could look it up on YouTube, too, is, you know, Shannon Cooley did transfer from Arizona State University to come play for this Spires team. She has played, you know, semi-professional tackle football uh, for the Phoenix Phantoms and was the most improved player slash rookie of the year in 2019. So, you know, she had a lot of experience in football 
before coming over to the Spires. And, you know, she also had a successful season doing this, you know, flag football business, obviously catching for over 600 yards and five touchdowns. I just think that it's awesome. And I think it shows a lot of potential here that <laughs> get flagged. it shows a lot of potential for women's flag football and how much growth it is. I mean, because they're already getting players from, you know, division one schools to come and play flag football on the NAIA level. And so if you're a D1 school, you want to get this as a collegiate sport. So you're not losing students to schools that are actually offering opportunities to, to these young women to play a sport that they love. So, you know, I love that for Shannon Cooley to be able to not only play a sport that she's good at and that she enjoys, but also one that, you know, but also being able to get her education at the same time. So I think that that's a huge transfer here for St. Mary's and huge for this sport of girls or women's flag football, just in general, from the high school to the collegiate level. Already seeing a little bit of that, uh, you know, that transfer portal that, uh, that college organizations aren't a fan of being put to use. Um, but, you know, kind of transitioning here to Caroline Simpson, what a great route runner. I mean, she's just so precise with her footwork and stuff. I mean, she's a better route runner than a lot of, uh, a lot of the guys here in Colorado, and that's because, you know, Texas just produces athletes and has a different culture surrounding that. And... She's just awesome to watch. I think that she's going to prove to be hard to cover. And she runs a plethora of routes very, very well. And so I think that you can't go wrong with a more kind of precision route running kind of wide receiver here in Caroline Simpson, who also just has splendid hands as well. Jeez, I'm just looking at this TikTok here. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, Look. Texas football players, they're different. <laughs> she is, well, she wouldn't be the first football player from Texas because there are actually a couple other ones that I know are from that Dallas area as well. Uh, I'm not going to look it up right now, but they are on the St. Mary's team. And so I'm just going to throw that out there. But, I mean, to have all of these players, I mean, Shannon Cooley, she had a very good season last year uh, starting out. And, that's, I mean, you got to be pretty happy about that if you're that coaching staff. Well, I know they're pretty happy about that because they're going to go on and, you know, basically mentor the next group of University of St. Mary flag football players, just like Caroline Simpson, who could be an absolute star for the squad as well, you know. Um, I think she definitely kind of has that if factor. Ooh, nice little grab there. Um, and I think she's somebody that could definitely contribute early on. And be kind of a secret weapon for this team as well as other teams definitely focus on the vets that had great seasons uh, last year. So a lot of good opportunities for her. And honestly, look, Texas, I mean, I've told Cody this before, back in my middle school, high school days, um, there were at least half the teams I played had to have at least one girl starting and playing football. And so that was a very normal thing for me, at least in that Dallas area. I know some areas are maybe a little bit less progressive, and that's fine. you know. But if you could ball, you could ball. In Texas, who cares who you are? I mean, if you're a good football player, then it's going to show up on the field, and you're going to put it on somebody and make it happen. And so i um, love to see her uh, kind of being one of those pioneers, you know, maybe the start of a potential uh, – 
Texas pipeline for the University of St. Mary's. Also, I do want to throw this out here. You know, we talked about a lot of their players, their schedules. Before we, you know, look at their schedule for this year, uh, University of St. Mary, this program, they do a lot for flag football and the future of it. You know, if you follow them on their Instagram and Twitter, hopefully Cody could find that real quick here. You know, I believe it's USM flag football, if I'm not mistaken. But they go out, or at least this last offseason, I saw them going out to a lot of schools, teaching kids flag football MPE. Uh, obviously, both boys and girls, right? Because this is a sport that they want to continue to push forward and get more kids involved here in that uh, Kansas, right? Yeah, Kansas area. I had to think about that for a minute real quick here. And that's absolutely huge. You know, I also know that they did some volunteer stuff with the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Just, you know, that's never a bad thing to volunteer. Get your name out there. You know, uh, put a couple more people in the stands. And so, you know, big shout out to that program. They have done a lot for flag football, really pushing that. And, um, you know, Coach Grayson as well, going to places like Texas and Dallas, you know, advertising flag football, putting up camps, and, you know, what more could you hope for? So, um, there you go. But, you know what? Let's uh, let's shut down TikTok here and let's let's look at their uh, schedule for this year and kind of see how you know this season might turn out. But to start the season, they do play Cotty College. Uh, I believe this is at home, and then on the same day they have Ottawa. So there you go. Very interesting. Two teams in one day to start out their season. That is March third, twenty twenty two, by the way, and then after that. On March 17th, you know, take a little bit of a break. They do play Midland University. I'm just, I just want to make sure I have the right schedule here. Um, uh, that's a team that they've went back and forth with at times. And then they play Kansas Wesleyan the next day on March 18th. Then they play Ottawa again March 24th. Then Cotty College on the 31st. Then they go to Midland. Or wait a second. Or I think they go to Midland. It's listed as an as an away game but it says nevada here um or missouri nevada which is interesting so we'll see about that but they played Mid midland and then they go to salina play kansas wesleyan and then they actually go to fremont nebraska to play midland again and then kansas wesleyan again on the road so there you go there that's the regular season then obviously i know the kcac has the pro season and then you have nationals as well but uh look st mary's they are very familiar with a lot of these teams here they're not going out of state to play or at least right now it doesn't look like they're going to play uh too many out of state teams and so they're going to really focus up on that conference and i kind of like it here cody what do you think about the schedule here and what do you think about st mary's program as a whole Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the St. Mary's program. Well, I'm a huge fan of all these programs. But, you know, I think it's very interesting that, you know, they get two games on the same day and then like a week to kind of get their stuff back together before they're right back at it for Midland and KWU on a back-to-back. -back. Obviously, they got to be licking their chops looking at this Kansas Wesleyan game at a chance to get some revenge and, you know, uh, show that it, it won't be the same as last year. And then, you know, right back at it the next week, then a doubleheader once again with Cotty and Midland the following week. And then ending the season on a doubleheader against Midland and Kansas Wesleyan is crazy. Obviously, I'd love for them to be able to go out of state and whatnot, but they are making the most of their situation. 
And I just want to take a second to shout out how nice Charles J. Burkle Memorial Stadium is. I mean, these stands, I'd, I'd love to, to see them packed. They have an excellent kind of backdrop all around. It's just a very green and it's just a very pretty looking kind of, you know, campus and stadium to play at. So you got to be excited if you're a player who gets to play at this stadium. And if you're a fan, go ahead and get your butt in the seat and watch, you know, St. Mary Spires put up a lot of points on on their opponents and take a huge step forward this year with a lot of returning talent, obviously. And keep track of how they do on USM Flag on Instagram or if you are on Twitter, it's under at Spire Flag FB. That's at Spire Flag FB on Twitter and USM Flag on Instagram, where, you know, they post some of their workout videos. And I really like just how the offseason hype is kind of building up. And I really like the drills that they're running. They're obviously very focused on technique and footwork, you know, which is going to go a long way and is crucial to success on the defensive side of the football which is where they specialize in. So you can see, you know, their kind of philosophies and ideas while running these drills and whatnot. And, you know, I'm just very excited for this team. Yeah, me as well. Um, I also noticed this just right here. Their first four games from March 3rd to 18th are their only home games. After that, they're on the road from March 24th to April 5th, which doesn't sound like that long of a time. Um, but they're playing like six games in that span, which is pretty insane. So there you go there. So if you are in that area, make sure you catch this team from March 3rd to 18th. Because then after that, they're going to battle on the road pretty much uh, every game until possibly until next year we'll see but we'll see how their uh endurance training has been this offseason yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah but i have a lot of faith in them love their coaching staff love the players they have you know they definitely had a lot of like athletes that they just had to teach how to play football you know this last year which is pretty pretty insane you know how they're just getting athletes over there and making them into pretty good football players and so uh, the sky's the limit for the saint mary's program like i said Love their coaching staff. I think they're doing a lot of great stuff over there for the community um, and then for flag football as a whole and for the future of it. And so can't give them enough props. Now going into competition, I mean, there's going to be some rivalry games forming this season. I think last season it was very much like, oh, you know, we're all trying to figure this out and whatnot. That's great, you know, and that's also facts. We They were all trying to figure it out. But this season – Hey, you're playing some of these teams uh, three times. Midland, you played three times. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan, you get to you get a crack at three times. You didn't get that last year. Cotty, you played twice, and then Ottawa, you played twice. You know, I know that St. Mary's Midland game will be pretty interesting. I like both of their coaching staffs a lot, and uh, those will be very good battles. That oh man, would love to make it out to one of those games. But like I said, we'll see. If there's a live stream, though, we definitely, we'll definitely watch it and then cover it on the podcast episode. So there you go there. Cody, any last words you want to say about St. Mary's before we move on? I think it's time to talk about our next program. Yeah, let's talk about Midland. Uh, so like I said, to get to talk to Coach Jones this last summer, um, I'm not going to talk too much about that, but got to know him and the program a little bit more here. 
Uh, let me go ahead and open this up here before I talk about Coach Jones here, who is arguably one of the most um, experienced coaches here in the KCAC, I would say, which, you know, experience, that matters, uh, obviously, when you're building a program here. And so Coach Jason Jones, this is his second year, has over a decade of football coaching experience, anywhere from Pop Warner to high school football to coaching women's tackle football as well on the pro and semi-levels. Uh, also did coach both the Sauer sisters, Liz and Katie, um, who are coaches over at Ottawa, which we'll talk about here last year. So there you go there. This man knows what he's talking about. You know, this is his program. You know, I think this is his first head coaching opportunity, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Uh, definitely on the college level. And so, man knows his stuff. And then his GA, Joe Schlager, he's a first-year guy uh, from Nebraska, played at McCook High School, would go on and play at the University of South Dakota before becoming a GA. So, he obviously knows his stuff just as well. So, boom. There you go here. Let's talk about how last season went. Uh, definitely a little bit of an up and down season here. So like a lot of teams, they would start out on February 13th uh, in Florida. They would play Weber. Or we I don't know if it's Weber or Weber. I'll figure it out eventually. And then Warner University lost to Weber 52-0 to zero, and then lost to Warner 42 to 8, but would come back and beat Xavier 56 0. They would keep that going and beat Milligan 54 to 0. Then they would lose to St. Mary's in a pretty close one 21 to 15. They would come back though and beat Cotty College 88 to 0. They would beat Kansas Wesleyan as, or sorry, they would lose to Kansas Wesleyan in a close one 12 to 19, and then lose to Ottawa again. 0 to 39. Then they have the midseason showcase. Right here, they play St. Mary's again, lose to them 13 to 33. But they do get some revenge here and beat Kansas Wesleyan 24 to 14 before losing to Ottawa 13 to 34. Not too bad of a game here. They're definitely making some improvements here as they go. And then they play St. Mary's, lose to them 13 to 30. And then play Milligan and bounce back 86 to 0. Then at the KCAC Invitational, they finally get their revenge on the University of St. Mary. Uh, beat them 39 to 12. Lost to Ottawa 0 to 35 here. And then would actually lose to Kansas Wesleyan 6 to 37. Then you got the NAIA Invitational here in Atlanta, Georgia. Lose to Kaiser, who by the way would make it to the national. Um, championship here but they would lose to kaiser 0 to 19 and kind of a close one but took care of business beat kansas wesleyan 19 to 6 they did make it to uh i want to say it was the top tier of that bracket i may be mistaken though but they lost to st thomas university of florida team 39 to 20 so as you can see here cody a lot of up and downs you know they really didn't go too many games uh, losing too many games before they would win some. And even then, you could see the progression, you know, as they played some of these squads here. And they had a pretty tight schedule. They played St. Mary's, uh, KWU, and Ottawa all on the same day with a couple <laughs> I mean, this isn't a great turnaround here. You know, there's there's definitely some fatigue that you got to keep in mind. So there you go. They're also playing Ottawa last. It's never great. And then... 
I did play St. Mary's and Milligan on the same day as well. Would play St. Mary's and Ottawa on the same day. And so this, that was their season. You know, very busy, a lot of games. Definitely learned a lot, though, uh, throughout the season. Went 7-12 overall, not too bad. 5-2 in neutral side games, which is really interesting to me. So, so yeah. Anything you want to comment on this season? <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, I would say. But anything you want to comment about on this last season here? I mean, like you said, lots of ups, lots of downs. But I think that the important thing is that it's a lot of games. You know, I mean, almost 20 games in a season. That's not something that uh, we see across all the all the teams in this KCAC, obviously. You get a lot of national competition uh, between these Florida teams. And you also get some ups here, you know, against some of these Louisiana teams as well. So that's obviously huge. And something else to notice how many of... I mean, like you said, these back-to-backs, especially in this mid-season showcase, I just love how well this is laid out, by the way, where it's like 20 minutes after the uh, KW versus OU game and 20 minutes after the USM versus, uh, you know what I mean? Like, they just have it very well labeled on what's happening, when it's happening. No visiting fans allowed, you know, when you see some of these road games. So it's like, okay... How different is it going to be this year when they can have fans travel out and have these families out to watch these games? And you got to be you got to be excited for for this Midland team who's going to get another chance at a lot of different teams. But I mean, to just play this many games, I think is integral to having a much more successful season. And you know, I know that they're hungry. I know that they're hungry. And I mean, just looking. At this, uh, well, first off, to talk about the coaching staff, you know, very, very qualified. And, you know, I think that you can see kind of where their strengths are after looking at this roster and looking at the second biggest recruiting class in women's flag football and kind of where all that experience comes in. And, you know, obviously having the IQ to coach in game, but also working on this recruiting class, that's huge. And so, you know, I'm very impressed with kind of this roster that we're looking at heading into this season. And, you know, I think that it's awesome that they got this many snaps, especially for all their returning players. They're going to be so much better coming back because they played in almost 20 games. Yeah, no, absolutely. And let me talk about some of these returning players here. I don't have the most. I would definitely say they're very freshman heavy, but there's definitely a purpose to that. You know, they recruited the players they wanted. They got the players they wanted. Even in the next couple of years, they're going to be pretty good. This next class, you know, if they could uh, potentially secure Deja Fanning, could be pretty elite here. It's already pretty good with Savannah Cox, who is one of the best flag yeah. football players in the country, period. And personally, arguably, one of the best prospects, if not the best prospect, going into uh, 2022 here. But let me talk about some of these returning players here. Um, that did make an all-conference team. I think notably you have Casey Thompson. She did make first-team defense as a linebacker, which is pretty big time, and then did make second-team offense as a receiver. So there you go. She is the lone senior on this uh, team right now. And so, you know, obviously she has that experience there from last year going into this year. You got to I mean, you got to think that she's going to be a big part of this team, absolutely. And then you have a couple other players here 
as well. Um, Michaela Nunez, she is an interesting. <laughs> Uh, she's she's an interesting story. You know, I'm not gonna get too much into it. I know she is listed on the roster right now, so there you go. Played receiver in Vegas, but last year had to play quarterback because of where they were at. If she is coming back, then she will play receiver. She's an absolutely dynamic athlete in general. And so if she comes back, they're getting an elite receiver who could definitely be a first-team all-conference type of player and potentially win them a national championship as well, if I'm being completely honest with you. So there you go. And then Allison Malfair um, did get on the honorable... I can't talk. Honorable mentions list as a DB on defense. So there you go. She will be returning on the defense along with Casey and then Michaela as well. And so definitely got some, uh, I mean, you know, you got some players to choose from for sure. You definitely got some players that are coming back that are going to contribute to this team. Also, let me pull up this roster here before I move on here. And then one more player that I do want to mention here real quick is uh, a receiver, actually. Oh, I want to make sure I say this right. If I don't say it right, I apologize. But it's Elisiana uh, Patterson from Cheyenne High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. She'll be a sophomore. At least that's what she's listed here this year. She was a pretty good receiver for them last year. And so I expect her to, you know, be kind of one of those vets for this team. Didn't make an all-conference team, which is interesting to me uh, this last year. But going into this next year, she is definitely somebody that you got to look out for. So there you go there. But... You know, let's talk about some of the freshmen they're bringing in because they have one of the best recruiting classes in women's flag football. First off, shout out to our homegirl, Haley Stanton. It is her birthday today, Cody. I don't know if you knew that, but it's Haley's birthday. So want to say happy birthday to our gal out there. Uh, <laughs> um, she was one of the first women's flag football players that we ever got to do a film breakdown on. And we interviewed her as well. So her film breakdown is episode 30 on our podcast, uh, Playmakers Corner, obviously. And then episode 35 is her interview. Uh, fantastic person, loved interviewing her and talking to her. Did Super get to talk to her. Interview. Oh, yeah. No, she's great. She's all honestly great. And Honestly, um, that interview episode is one of my ahead. favorites with, with Kenzie and Haley. Yes. They're just, yes. They, they're, they're good people, and it was awesome to talk football with them as well. Yeah. Definitely not a boring one, and we do have boring interviews. Um, we're not going to say which ones, but yeah. but we but we have interesting ones, to say the least. And so, big shout out to Haley Stanton, quarterback uh, out of Florida. She is battling for that qu starting quarterback spot with an Alaskan recruit here, uh, Angel. Oh my gosh, Ioani. Here, I'm gonna highlight her name here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm not saying that right, but uh, they're going back and forth there. Haley told me that, you know, they're definitely both pushing each other, and this coaching staff is pushing both of them. I think, obviously, a lot of the success you find in women's flag football, especially seven-on-sevens, starts with your quarterback. Got to have a quarterback here. And, you know, we talked about it on that podcast episode. You know, we believe that Haley Stanton is one of those program changers. Uh, she's one of those players that could turn around a program and put up numbers at the very least here. And if there's a player that could push her, 
that obviously speaks to the talent of that player as well. So either way, they're going to be more than prepared at quarterback. They are definitely quarterbacks uh, for this Midland University squad here. So there you go. Uh, and then you have Sade Irvin from Florida as well, a.k.a. Turbo. Couldn't find her film, which is really unfortunate because all I hear about her is just really good things like, oh, she's the Tyreek Hill of this squad. She's the gadget player of this squad. She has 99 speed, 99 agility, excel, whatever. She's going to be a playmaker for this team that already has some pretty good receivers coming back. She's going to be a game changer that could, you know, honestly take some uh, returns back for touchdowns, end around type of player, a receiving rushing threat you name it she's definitely somebody that you got to keep an eye on she's going to be an absolute weapon for this team and then on defense as well it always helps to have speed on defense so there you go there those three uh, freshmen are basically headlining a pretty good freshman recruiting class here they do have cassandra chavez uh, who plays quarterback as well uh mari carroll I'm just list, I'm just going down the line listing some of the freshmen they have. Ksenia, uh, I want to say it's Barcina as well. Addison Johnson, um, or my bad, she's a sophomore. Um, and Nadia Nadia Simpson from Lakewood Ranch High School in Florida as well. So a lot of Florida players, you know, a lot of Florida players make up the core of this recruiting class here. And they're going to be the core of this Midland squad moving forward. So, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, pull up some, uh, you know, some of Haley Stanton's film here. Cody, you could go ahead and talk about... Um, well, this team in general, the makeup of this team, especially this recruiting class, which is very good. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I talked about it a little bit just in the in kind of the schedule part, but the composition of this roster is fantastic team building on on the coaches part and on the programs part. I mean, this is one of the only programs where you see them having the ability to use the red shirt because of numbers. I mean, a lot of these other schools, they have they have like 13 players. And so they kind of need everyone as far as subs and that goes. But I mean, having a freshman class of 12, you know, and already having some redshirted is huge. Then, you know, another sophomore class of, I think that's eight. That's a big roster. And so that's very exciting. Having that depth and all those opportunities is huge, and it's just excellent, you know, manu roster maneuvering up. Oh, what a throw of of the coaching staff, and so that has to get you excited. That all these players are super young, other than Casey. I think that Casey is a great leader for this defense, being a first team All Conference kind of player who is going to know what to expect out of the returning sophomores and whatnot, and is going to know better how to kind of lead these freshmen. So that's super exciting. And then you bring in an awesome athlete like Haley Stanton, who, you know, in between her and that other quarterback out of Alaska, Angel, you know, either way, no matter who plays quarterback, you get another playmaker on the team at, you know, a receiver or a running back position. So it's a win-win for this Midland team, no matter who starts. And... You know, I think that gives you a lot of flexibility if you have a couple of different people who can pass. 
obviously, this Midland team is going to take a step forward with having a quarterback at the quarterback position rather than having a wide receiver. And no disrespect, I mean, obviously, you know, that was huge for, what was it, Michaela, right, to step up for, for this Midland team and be productive at quarterback. But she's going to be a lot better of a fit at wide receiver catching passes, making big plays, and catching passes from two solid quarterbacks in Angel and Haley here, who's just able to throw on the run really well. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. I'm, so I'm sorry, whoever that player was. I don't I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm, I'm more reacting to the great plays and throws from Haley Stanton here. It's never any disrespect. It's just uh, love for the game of football and whatnot. So you got to be excited here for either one of these quarterbacks to make plays. And... Haley, she she knows her football. She's very smart and, you know, brings that level to whatever position she plays. Oh, my Lord. But anyways, what a what a great throw. Oh, my Lord. That's the part that I did forget about. That's the part that I, like, mentally blocked out. Um, <laughs> as a former receiver, it literally kills me a little bit every time I see a dropped pass. So I try and repress it as much as possible. But that doesn't take away from these absolute dimes that Haley Stanton is able to draw. Yeah, no, this... Look, I'm just going to be honest. This offense is going to have some swagger to them. You know, they're an offense that could put 50 on you casually. <laughs> and, and then still have another quarterback to throw in there. And then she'll put 50 on you casually. You know, and look, it's not a bad thing to have two quarterbacks. They are uh, potentially going to be in some pretty tough stretches you know look you got to be flexible with your schedule and whatnot especially when you're an emerging sport that's just something you got to expect if you expect everything to go perfect then you're not prepared you know and so for them to have two quarterbacks it's not a bad thing just in case you know and definitely both of these uh gals here will be playing the quarterback position so it's not like they need them on defense or anything like that which is good because you have the numbers to just run o and d which not a lot of teams have to be completely honest with you but super excited for this offense i think honestly this midland team they're they're a contender for sure let's just be real they're definitely a contender here i know you know you can look at the records and be like ah, eh, it was up and down there's a lot of learning regardless though you know and i know how coach jones is i think he's a very good coach he's gonna get him right he's a championship level coach in my opinion and you know they're gonna at least have a championship level offense with the amount of work they've been putting in here i think they're gonna see a lot of fruits of their labor here because i know they've been working hard with uh, some 6 a.m 5 a.m practices out there uh, on the daily basically since september so they're they're ready you know i i'm really excited to watch them uh, get into it you know, so uh, there you go. But, you know, without further ado, let's uh, go ahead and check out their schedule for this year here. I know we're going a little bit over, but we definitely have some time here. We only have Ottawa after this. And so start out the season, February 17th. They play the University of Fort Lauderdale at 4 p.m. Then they play Kaiser. See, here we go already. Kaiser, two hours later uh, on the same day. Then the next day, they play St. Thomas University at 1 p.m. Then they play FMU Florida Memorial University two hours later on that same day. So already, like I said, 
you're going back to back here. This is a good time to learn a lot and kind of get it going. You know, a lot of these games will be fresh in their mind there. So uh, got to love that. Then they come back home here, um, but they go, I believe this is away here. Yep, it's away. They play Ottawa on February 26th. I know this is a game that they're super excited for. They're ready to take a shot at Ottawa right here uh, in their home, by the way, in Kansas. And then the following week, they play them in Fremont, Nebraska. Uh, there's a little live stream link here. So hopefully that is a live stream because I would definitely be tuning in there. Then after that, go back to Kansas to play the University of St. Mary's. Then they play uh, Ottawa again in Kansas. This is a part of a couple games here. Uh, or well, two games here that they'll play in Salina, Kansas. So they play Ottawa at 2.30. Then they play Kansas Wesleyan for the first time this season on March 26th at 4 p.m. Just a little bit after. Then they play St. Mary's and Cotty College on the same day. Jeez, that's brutal. And then they play Kansas Wesleyan and St. Mary's on the same day. But this time they're at home, so that's okay. In Nebraska, then four days later, they play Cotty College on April 9th. 1 p.m. That would be their second matchup right before the KCAC tournament and then Nationals. All right, Cody, we talked about the roster. We talked about the coaching staff. We talked about all the players that are returning. We talked about last season. We even talked about this season. Are you feeling Midland University right here? How are you feeling about them? I mean, they're they're taking a big bite, right? So, And we're going to find out very early if they bit off more than they can chew. But honestly, you look at their roster, they have a lot of Florida talent on there. So I think that uh, Coach definitely took some notes on where the best flag football is played and definitely picked up on that Florida is a hub for incredible flag football talent. And so, you know, they're heading into Florida with more Florida talent this year. And I think that's incredibly important, obviously, to take any of these players from Florida schools is massive. And so shout out to coach for winning those players over, but you know, they, they're going to be, you know, kind of using Florida's own ammunition against them. And I think that that's going to help keep these scores and these games a lot closer than they were last year. And then they go toe to toe with their conference for the rest of the season. And I think that they have a very nice balance of home and away, kind of bouncing it back and forth a little bit. And, and also like neutral sites as well. So, and a lot of uh, opportunities for live streams, which is pretty sweet. Um, so looking forward to catching some of those as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And honestly, now that I'm looking at this four game stretch in Florida here, that's probably a recruiting opportunity. You know, you look at recruits and you're like, hey, Come, come see us play uh, Lauderdale or Kaiser or St. Thomas or FMU because these are all teams that they're basically competing against for recruits. Don't get it twisted here. And then also having this many Florida players, it's somewhat of a homecoming as well. Their first collegiate football games will be back home in Florida. And so you got to keep that in mind. That will be super exciting for uh, Haley, Sade, like all those players that are from there. You know, that will be big time for them for sure. So, you know, some of these games might feel maybe a little bit like home games to a degree, you know? Also want to shout out here that uh, Midland's game against um, Kaiser will be is the first official scheduled game for uh, KCAC teams. 
So they will be kicking off our entire college flag football season. So yes, sir. I say that they're eager and they're ready for it. Oh yeah, no. If they go four and zero in this, you know that's that's a lot to ask, you know. But if they go four and zero, then they're booming. They're ready. They're they're ready to take their two shots at Ottawa here on the twenty sixth and at, on the eleventh. You know, like that is a good spot to be at at four and zero. And then you go ahead and play the national champs twice in a row. You know, there's going to be a lot of learning here, a lot of film breakdown, I'm sure. You know, and so that's a very favorable to them here. Uh, near the end here, you know, they definitely hit some tough spots. But, like I said, they do have those three games at home, which will be big to build that fan base over there against Kansas Wesleyan, uh, St. Mary's as well. And then you have Cotty College thrown in there four days later. So, you know, it's, it's a tough schedule. But, hey, if you're a tough team, you make it happen right? If you're a tough team, you win a lot of these games here. At the very least, you learn about a lot of these games, and then when the time comes, you hit those nationals, you see a lot of these teams again, you realize you've played at least all the Florida teams one time, or a majority of them one time, and then you played all the teams in your conference. Shoot, some of these teams are playing three times. They play Ottawa three times, so there you go. Um, by the time you play most of your KCAC uh, opponents, it will be your third time around, at least. And uh, that's not a bad spot to be in. But, Cody, anything else you want to comment on for the Midland Warriors here before we move on to our last team of the stream? Follow them at MidlandU underscore W flag to find their flag football team. Or you can look up Midland University women's flag football and it'll come up. And, you know, they're, they already have two commits already for, for next year. Uh, they got two commits on January 28th. So how about that? Uh, that's that's preparation and sign for a program that's going to be successful for a long time. They have a third because of Savannah. And a third because of Savannah. Oh, yeah, they they got her way early, so you're right. Yeah, and she's Savannah staying Cox committed. An incredible player. Oh, yeah. So, Oh, yeah, she's she's staying committed. And then they've offered Deja as well, and I'm sure they're not done in Florida. Um, shoot, wouldn't it be something if they got Devin Silvestri? But there you go. That would be a lot. <laughs> that would be extremely stacked team. Let's keep this thing going here. We have our last team here. You're defending national champs. That is Ottawa University here. Going to talk about this coaching staff because I think it's definitely a coaching staff that – a lot of people would notice or well know of at least by name and so ottawa is led by head coach liz sowers uh she is in her second year um highly decorated women's tackle football player flag football player arguably of all time she probably will make the hall of fame next for that um so most likely a future hall of famer was a member of the 2016 2018 and 2021 Team USA women's flag football team also was a member of the Team USA's uh, women's tackle tackle football team in 2013 and 2017. I believe in 2013 they won the gold medal um, against Canada, if I'm not mistaken. She is also the head coach of Team USA's U17 U17 team as well, and then obviously won it all last season. So that's the head coach there. Then her sister. 
assistant coach Katie Sowers. I think a lot of people may know her as uh, the first female coach on an NFL staff that went to the Super Bowl. She was an offensive assistant coach with the 49ers from 2017 to 2021 under Kyle Shanahan. Before that, she was a receivers coaching intern with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, she was also on the team, USA's national team in 2013 and won the gold. She also played tackle football, flag football as well. But obviously her coaching resume is pretty dope. So there you go then. And then you have the GA, Caitlin Hughes was previously on the Ottawa women's basketball team. This is her first year. So there you go there. Uh, coaching staff is stacked for a reason. You know, they are extremely stacked. They're, they know what they're doing. They know football. They are qualified. There are no doubts there. Also, they're the national champs. So what are you going to do about it? Uh, boom. There you go. That is Ottawa's coaching staff. Let me go ahead and talk about their schedule last year. Um, like I said, we knew that they won it all. Last year, I believe they only lost one game which will be really interesting to see going forward into this year. Definitely a storyline to follow. But first off, they started off the season on February 20, 2021. Against Milligan University, beat them 84-0. Beat Kansas Wesleyan, Kansas Wesleyan uh, 38-6. Then they went to Florida, lost to Kaiser University, uh, just barely 26-25. We'll come back to that. Uh, then play St. Thomas University basically that same day. Lost or beat them 26-0. Then would come back, play Midland uh, at home, beat them 39-0. During the midseason showcase, they had Kansas Wesleyan here. Let me move this over just a little bit so you can see some of the scores. But played Kansas Wesleyan again, beat them 40-6. Played St. Mary's, beat them 48-0. Played Midland, beat them 34-13 all in Nebraska. Then they played KWU again, beat them 47-19. We'll play them again, beat them 36-6 on April 17th. This is the KCAC Invitational, by the way. And then they will beat Midland 35-0. Now we have the NAI Women's Flag Football Finals down at Atlanta, Georgia. You have St. Thomas University. They beat them 33-13. Played Cotty College, beat them 67-0. They're up in that gold bracket here, playing for the national championship. Beat uh, Weber International 27-12. And then beat Kaiser University 7-6, picking off their quarterback in the red zone. Uh, the Seahawks quarterback threw uh, at basically, I mean, they had to throw for a touchdown here. And it was intercepted, and they survived Kaiser, beating them this time by one point for the national championship 7-6. Now... Talked about a lot there. Talked about their coaching staff, who obviously made history both in the NFL and right now. And then talked about this last season here. Um, not St. Mary's. Ottawa University was one of those teams that definitely got a jump. Were able to put together a pretty solid team. Uh, a lot of players from Florida and from Nevada on this squad that are only sophomores, mind you. So just keep that in mind. We'll talk about players uh, in a little bit here. But, Cody, what do you think about this Ottawa university coaching staff and their season last year well i mean obviously their coaching staff is monumental to women's football and women's flag football in general and i have a lot of respect for you know the the sours and everything that they've done just for the sport of football and just for the progress of women in sports obviously 
it's it's massive and so you know for that i i'm grateful to be witnessing history you know anytime they're they're on a uh, gridiron whether that be coaching national championships for inaugural women's flag football seasons or whether that's coaching on an nfl field so you know for that obviously that's very exciting i am interested to see what this new ga uh caitlin hughes kind of brings to the program because if you look at their coaching staff last year you know they had an assistant coach and uh coach of operations in sheila sikow i believe is how you say her name and so she's not listed i'm not sure what all she's doing with the team or if she's still with the team but you know anytime you lose a a potential coaching staff member from a championship team things might be different so we'll just kind of see how this ga does and you know i mean she's got she's got shoes to fill obviously because um if if Sheely did end up parting with the team then that's uh one one part of the formula of a championship roster you know is is that entire coaching staff but you know at the end of the day they still have the the sours obviously you know they are constantly advocate advocating for women's flag football everywhere and um you know that's very exciting and yeah i'm just very excited for this upcoming season this roster this championship roster was young i mean they had 16 freshmen on on this squad and only five upperclassmen right so you're, you're looking at a little bit of a difference they did graduate two players so that's something to kind of keep an eye on for this next season and uh seeing kind of what the coaches can get out of you know their returning class that's obviously huge and uh some of these new faces here on this program if we want to kind of talk about this roster now simon yeah let's do it let's start with the players that uh are champs and are returning here let me pull this up real quick there we go all right you're actually what if i went grid would that be better Yep. Okay. So here we'll just do this. So on this roster, you had—I mean, basically—they did a number on the on conf all conference selections here, as well as individual award winners, um, which were voted by the head coaches, and so or were voted on by the head coaches those individual awards. But <clears throat> first off, I gotta talk about. Madison Carrera, I want to say. She was a freshman quarterback slash receiver last year from Riverview, Florida. Was named the 2021 KCAC Player of the Year. She passed for 2,314 passing yards. Um, geez, 39 passing touchdowns, only seven interceptions. And then on the ground as well, she ran for 431 yards, 6.6 .6 yards per carry, and four rushing touchdowns. Did get to see a couple of her games here. Uh, I looked at them. Well, I watched all of them this morning against Kaiser and then St. Thomas, I want to say, um, back in those NAIA finals, and then saw a couple of her highlights. She is pretty good, you know, very good passer, and then a very mobile player as well. There's no surprises as to uh, why she was able to get 431 rushing yards on the ground. And then uh, this player was named KCAC Offensive Player of the Year. Alyssa Linkus, I want to say. She was the deep that 
for this squad here. She caught 47 balls for 809 receiving yards. That's about 17 yards a catch. She also scored 16 receiving touchdowns on the year, averaging about 90 receiving yards a game. And then you have Abby Brown. She was selected as the KCAC Defensive Player of the Year, led this squad with 48 total tackles. She also racked up eight TFLs, tackles for losses, five sacks, four interceptions this year as well. Then obviously Liz Sowers was named 2021 KCAC Women's Flag Football Coach of the Year. So boom, there you go there. A lot of great players. I'm just going to go down the line here and talk about all the first team players here. Uh, like I said, Madison Carrera, quarterback, um, Jaslyn Camacho, uh, want to say Green Valley High from Green Valley High School in Nevada. She made it as a first team receiver. And you have Alyssa Linkus, like I talked about. Uh, Clara, I want to say Boudouin? Boudouin? Uh, say Boudouin. Boudouin? <laughs> well, she's from Montreal, Canada. Um, she was, in a lot of the film that I watched, she was pretty big time there as kind of that check down, uh, you know, short to mid option there. Very much a yak type of receiver. So, there you go there. That is first team offense, first team defense. Like I said, Abby Brown. You also had, geez, you had Russia Hannah Serquina, I want to say, from Las Vegas, Nevada as well. You also had DBs, Jennifer Anthony, uh, I think this is Yala Aparisi, and then Hope Humes, all from Ottawa University. And then second team, I mean, you have a lot of players as well. But I feel like we've talked about a lot of their roster. They're good. You know, we've been known that this was a championship-level winning roster. Uh, they're returning basically all their players this year. And then they are adding also one player as well in, in Addie uh, Orsburn. She is from Texas. She is the first Texas Fury football player to make that transition into the college ranks here. The rest of them are either 2022 or 2023. So they have a very young team just in general. But... Obviously, with a lot of these Texas Fury football players playing for Team USA, there is a natural pipeline there. And so she's the first of potential many to be added to this Ottawa squad here. Now, I'm going to go ahead and play some clips here. Cody, what do you think about this roster and uh, all the players that they have? Because honestly, you know, they really didn't have to do too much recruiting here. Well, okay, this is a championship roster, and I think that the first hint that you could get that this roster was going to be great is the seven players from Green Valley, and or, or the seven players that they have from Green Valley on their team. You know, I, I mean, Green Valley, they win games in, in girls' flag football, so it's only natural that if an entire starting lineup worth of players is on your roster from a championship school that you know it's going to translate into a championship on the next level you look at as well that they have four players from riverview in florida so you keep a lot of the rapport you don't interrupt a whole lot of things on this roster when you keep a ton of players i mean look they have two of the best schools recruited between seven players on green valley and four players on riverview so you have all of that going for you not to mention a massive sophomore class that shined as freshmen and are looking to shine once again as sophomores i mean look it's going to be hard to compete against all of this experience that they do have 
I do want to note here that they are losing a first-team all-conference defender in Jennifer Anthony, who it was listed as a senior in 2021, so I'm not really sure if she, if maybe she's a fifth year or something like that um, for, for this Ottawa squad. I'm not really sure what the status is on that. And then they also lost a second-team center in Nicole Talent. And, you know, look, losing that many players, uh, not that big of a deal, especially this young into a program. But something to keep an eye on, you know, it's something that we constantly talk about in all of our other previews or program spotlights is graduating players. So that's something to note. And, uh, but I mean, really, there's not a lot of holes on this roster. It's just a bunch of great athletes and coaches who've worked with some of the best athletes in the world, maximizing their potential. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, look, this team's not going away. I mean, we don't even, we, we're going to look at their schedule here, but we probably really don't even need to. Uh, at this point, it's who could challenge them, who could knock them off. And there are definitely a number of teams here that are hungry, ready for a second shot at Ottawa. You know, I know a lot of these KCAT coaches feel, you know, a lot better after one year going at it. You know, anybody could win it in year one, you know, I would say. Uh, but it's one thing to keep, you know, keep up that success. Keep up that success. Keep it going. And, you know, go back to back potentially. But that road is far from easy here. Especially when you consider how many teams in the KCAT got better. Midland, St. Mary's, Wesleyan, even Cotty. You know, they're out there as well. They have some playmakers. And then that's not even including the Florida teams. Which, like I said, we'll talk about next week. They have some pretty stacked rosters as well um good recruiting classes and so they're gonna come back you know it was definitely maybe a little surprising to some that you know a kansas team was able to win the national championship last year instead of a florida team and so they got to defend that title you know they have more you know players coming in like i said addy orsburn from texas fury one of the best flag football teams in the entire country and probably in the entire world if we're going to be honest with you there so uh there you go but i mean at the end of the day it's about winning it's about getting out there and finding a way to get it done and so with that being said let's go ahead and look at their schedule here february 18th they start the season against Cotty. um february 26th they play midland then they play they play st mary's in uh st mary's on march 3rd then they play Cotty again then they play midland then they go to florida here on march 15th they play warner on the 15th they play st thomas and weber on the 16th after that they come back they play st mary's at home uh they go to kansas wesleyan they finally play them which is like kind of later in the season which is really interesting season, yeah yeah and that could be i'm not gonna lie that could be a trap game one of these two games could be trap games just gonna be honest with you so there you go there uh they play midland that same day about a couple hours later to be honest with you march 26 could be a pretty big trap day for auto i think both of these teams are ready to take their shot midland this would be their third shot at ottawa and so i mean they could definitely win this one a couple hours removed then they play Cotty, April 2nd at Cotty. Then they play Kansas Wesleyan. That will be their senior night. Then they have KCAC and then Nationals here. So there you go there. 
right, let's just talk about this team, Cody. Look, they're returning a lot of players. Nothing too much is changing. You know, add a couple pieces here, and there are a couple pieces that, honestly, I don't know if they'll play right away, but they'll definitely get snaps uh, in one of these games, you would think, and get developed further and whatnot. But for the most part, you know, Ottawa's out here, and they're ready to defend their title. It's going to be a tougher road. I'm looking at some of these Florida games, you know, Warner, St. Thomas, Weber. Definitely got better. Interesting that they didn't schedule Kaiser while they're down here. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I think that would have been a kind of a fun game to have before, um, you know, playoffs and all that stuff in tournaments because uh, I think that would definitely be a game that would bring a lot of people to having a rematch of that national championship. So there you go. But, you know, you have these Florida teams, and then you got Midland three times, which you got to think they're going to win at least one of those times, maybe even two of those times, depending on the situation there. And then, uh, I mean, you only play St. Mary's twice as well, but both of those games are pretty spread out here. Uh, for the most part, schedule is pretty spread out. Um, there's not, it's not like they're playing too many teams back-to-back, -back, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think, no, I, I could speculate here on, and try and predict some losses, but until I see them lose, um... I, I, I won't know what else to kind of talk about, if that makes sense. You know, it kind of reminds me uh, of looking towards, you know, Lyman when we did that preview at the beginning of the year for 1A football event. It's like, until they lose, I'm not really going to pick them to lose. You know, I do think it's interesting that they aren't playing Kaiser, uh, seeing as how they were both in the championship last year. And they're playing, you know, most of the other Florida teams. I think that's very interesting. And I'm, I don't know. I, I, I just wouldn't be expecting that. I'd expect the two best games of, you know, women's flag football last year to, to have a regular season game. Both of those games being, I mean, look, the net point differential in those two games is literally zero, literally zero. So I'm very surprised that we don't get that. Maybe it's the inner fan in me that's a little upset about it, that we have to wait you know, until potentially the postseason to see something like that. But, I mean, until dethroned, I still think that Ottawa here is the favorite for the KCAC tournament. I won't necessarily say national champions, but uh, I think that uh, until proven otherwise, and I'm leaving it up to these other Kansas teams and or these other teams in the KCAC to, to knock them off their pedestal. You know, they're feeling good about themselves. They have a lot of returning players. They have, you know, some of the best media as far as, you know, having interactions with the Kansas City Chiefs, a whole bunch. And so they're they're the team that you have to be to legitimize your program and to make your program uh, known around the country and to let everyone else know that you're here to stick around because you beat Ottawa. So, you know, I think that they have a big target on their back, and I think a lot of teams, every team who gets a chance to face them should be super excited. I think it's going to be really different this year because Ottawa definitely had the biggest recruiting class last year. Well, I guess as far as, like, freshmen go, it, obviously every single member was a member of the recruiting class in some kind of way last year. But, uh, you know... I definitely think Ottawa had a head start in some ways, and so a lot of these teams are going to try and show how much of that gap that they've closed this year. 
I mean, the gap will definitely be closed. And I, I would think Ottawa coaches are preparing their uh, kids for this season because this isn't going to be last year. Let's just be honest with you. It's not. You know, at this point, it's a pretty level playing field. You know, I think a lot of people know what Ottawa is. They know what the coaching staff is. They know about their players and whatnot. That's cool, you know. But when you know a team like that, as close as you could possibly get, you know, when you know a team that well, that could always cause some problems here. And so, uh, I I mean, look, I can't predict an undefeated season, and I won't. You know, and even if they don't go undefeated, yeah, it doesn't no, mean that. they're not going to win a national championship or at least be in contention for a national championship here. But, I mean, if you're Ottawa, you got to realize every team wants to put a whooping on you. They don't just want to win. They want to whoop you because a blowout looks a lot better, you know, to people who are sponsoring and supporters and whatnot than a win. You know, teams are ready to come out here and play. And I think you're going to see a lot of pretty intense games out here down the stretch and throughout this entire season. Um, I mean, that's just how it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're a very good program. We'll see if they can maintain it. It's uh, it's all about that, right? You got you to win it all. You got to climb that ladder. And then after that, it's maintaining that standard. And so that will be the biggest challenge for Ottawa this season now i think that is pretty much it really don't have too much else to say or add on in a lot of great football players here man um look a lot of players here are honestly some football players that some of the youngins that we talked to need to look at their film and uh, figure out how to play football from uh, because they just do some of those things better you know, you got to be sharper offensively, defensively as well. You know, when you're communicating on offense and defense, I mean, those things matter uh, kind of a little bit more here. And so that's just what I'm going to say for now. Like I said, we're going to talk about Florida teams next week. Uh, we just want to thank everyone for rocking with us here in the chat, here on the stream. And we're trying to put as much of uh, women's flag football on as possible. We'll have probably at least an episode a week. Um, we have a couple interviews that we've been sitting on for like for like months now from those Leonard High School uh, flag football gals out there that will be starting their season here in a couple weeks. So big shout out to them, Emma Blocko, Deja Fanning, uh, Savannah Cox as well. You know, and so that's on the table. And also, if you're a player at one of these universities, like we'd love to interview you, uh, coaches as well. You know, that's just something that we'd like to put out there. You know, obviously it'd be over Skype because we're in Colorado and whatnot, and that'd be the easiest way to do it and get out that. Um, content is what i'm trying to say and so you know if we talked about you we definitely love to interview you and uh, honestly just uh, hear what you have to say and whatnot and get some perspective here because the more we kind of get y'all's voices out the better for flag football and all that so there you go cody anything else you want to add on do you actually want to wrap this up do you mind yeah i could do that so look there's a lot of teams to talk about Obviously, this is a very young sport. It's an emerging sport, as Simon talked about. So if you, the players, have any insight or stats or numbers or anything like that, we're going to be doing like weekly recaps of games and stuff. So please, please, please reach out to us, you know, through DMs on Instagram at Playmakers Corner, on Twitter at Playmaker Corner. We're going to try and retweet as much stuff as we can. 
And, you know, to any listeners who have, you know, some some cash to throw around, please donate to these programs. This is so important for the sport of football. It's so important for women in sport. Please, if you can, help these programs out. Help them travel and close that distance between kind of that Midwest Kansas area and between that Southeast Florida area where a lot of this is taking place. Obviously, upcoming programs in Alabama and Georgia and that we're excited to keep track of. We're going to be talking high school flag football whenever we get a chance, as well as college flag football. Tune in to next week where we talk about those East Coast teams, those Florida teams, a lot of those teams. So just stay tuned for more content. If you guys have anything to contribute, please, please, please let us know. There's not a lot of updated stats or stuff like that um, necessarily week by week by every team. So we will take everything we can get. Any insight that you guys might have on schemes or weather or injuries, please let us know. We'd love to talk about it on the show. We'd love to have you on the show. Obviously, reach out to us for any interviews and stay tuned and on our social medias where we're going to post these episodes. Keep following us on Twitch, Playmakers Corner on Twitch. If you want to listen to live streams of women's flag football weeks and whatnot like that, follow us on TikTok, Playmakers Corner. And follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Make sure that you subscribe so you get notifications for episodes as well. Hmm. I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, yes. If you are a women's flag football player and you have some film, please send it in. We have a Google form on our link tree that you can fill out. And it has a place for you to put, you know, name, position, class, school, and a link area for you to put your film we definitely would prefer if you have a couple minutes of film. We know it's hard to come by, and we can try our best, but we definitely at least want a couple of minutes. Otherwise, maybe we'll shout you out on one of these streams. You know, it's just like, oh, hey, so-and-so had an amazing play over the weekend that was sent in to us. So any women's flag football or girls' flag football content, please send us anything because, um, you know, Simon, bless him for... You know, going through and finding a lot of this research and work, but it's not the easiest stuff to to find. Understandably so, being such a young sport, but anytime you can help us, we are more than open to the help because help us help you. We want to put you on. We want to spotlight you. So, you know, any of those forms, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, find us through there, DM us, and, you know, fill out that Google form. If you have some film, we'd love to break down your film and put you on. But until next time, I've been your host, Cody Stoffer. And I'm the other one, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And peace. This will be on YouTube too, by the way. So in case you yes, missed some of this live stream, it'll all be on YouTube and then it'll also be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all that great stuff. But we'll see you next Tuesday.